Who doesn't love cereal? It's easy, quick, and tasty, but a lot of tasty cereals are rarely also good for you. That's why I love Magic Spoon, an absolutely magical cereal. There's only zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five net grams of carbs in each serving. It's low-carb, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and only 140 calories a serving. There's a flavor for everyone, and you can build your own box with a variety of flavors. Get nostalgic with cocoa, fruity, frosted, or peanut butter. Get indulgent with cookies and cream or cinnamon roll. You'll also love blueberry muffin, maple waffle, and honey nut. I personally love blending blueberry muffin with a frozen banana, milk, and matcha powder. Trust me, it is so good. Go to magicspoon.com sapphire to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use our promo code sapphire at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com sapphire and use the code sapphire to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. Earlier this year, I was contacted by Meriden Angelis, head of marketing for Quento Comics, an international all-Asian women comic book company whose mission is to create stories that introduce Filipino and other Asian mythos to a wider audience. They sent me a copy of their debut issue of The Mask of Halea, Eye of the Serpent, and I immediately connected deeply with it. The art is incredible, the characters are relatable, and it takes place in Cebu, where my family is from. So, for the final episode of 2022, I met with some of the Quento Comics team, and they were generous enough to share some of their unsettling paranormal experiences, because sometimes the truth is creepier than fiction. First, Meriden speaks of her sleep paralysis demons. Then, Curry recalls when her cousin was the target of an Encanto prince's infatuation. And finally, Cecilia shares a spirit's cry for help at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Augustine. Chapter 1. Are you afraid of spirits? Hi, my name is Meriden Angelis. I'm originally from New Jersey, but moved to Los Angeles, California in 2013. And I've been here ever since. Meriden is the head of marketing at Quento Comics. I feel very connected to the spiritual world. 
Um, but that didn't happen until I was 18 years old. So <clears throat> my very first experience with, let's call it a spirit, I was in the living room and my mom was uh, cooking a Filipino dish and I was taking a nice nap. It was maybe around two, three o'clock in the afternoon and I just felt tired. So in the middle of my nap, I just felt like a cold breeze over me. And when I opened my eyes, I saw this dark shadowy figure like just floating above me. <laughs> it was very transparent. And once I saw that, oh my God, it just my 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 body froze. I was I was screaming in my head. Like screaming. Because I didn't know what was happening. And all I could remember saying is like, Mom, mom, help me. Like I just and I just felt depressed. Like for no reason, like I don't even know what dream I had. I don't know if I was having a dream or whatnot. I just felt cold, coldness in my body, like chills. And I just felt so sad, so scared. And um, I, I got so scared that I closed my eyes and I just started praying, right? Because so, that's like the only thing that I was aware of, just pray. And so I just started saying, you know, the Our Father and whatnot, and just pretty much telling it to go away. So I guess after that long one minute, maybe it was like only 10 seconds, but it felt forever. Like I felt every second go by. Like I thought I was dying. Like I thought I was going into like another world. It was so weird. Like I, there's no words to really explain how you feel. So after that whole 10 seconds or whatnot, I like got so pissed at my mom. I was like, mom, you didn't hear me? I was screaming for you and you didn't help me. <laughs> like that was my first initial reaction. Like you're supposed to like protect me. Like I was just like pretty much bawling because I didn't know what the hell just happened. And that night I was literally just Googling like what the hell I experienced. And I, I learned the term sleep paralysis, all these YouTube videos. And I just went down that you know, the rabbit hole of like, what, what is happening to me? And I remember one guy hearing, like, remember hearing one guy in those videos, like, I don't want to scare you, but that, that shit is real. Um, so I didn't think much after that. Like I felt I had to block it out of my head because uh, if I thought about it, maybe I would be attracting it. Like whatever that being was, I didn't want it to come back ever again. And so when I moved to, to Los Angeles, this is in the middle of the night. And I remember the room felt, again, a little bit cold. As this coldness started to happen, like felt there was something flowing in the room, some energy. It was deaf. This one was not friendly at all. Very evil, very dark. And this one, after everything that I've researched, you know, you're, you, you think you're just popping out of a dream, your body's still frozen, blah, 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 blah. This one in particular, you know, I, I woke up, like I looked, I opened my eyes. I was, I was able to turn my head to like, see like, what is this energy that I'm feeling? And why did it get super quiet? You know, you usually hear like crickets in the background and it just went 
dead silent. And I'll never forget this feeling. When it got so quiet, I felt the energy come right by my ear and it was a voice, female voice, and whispered, like literally as if someone was in the room and said, are you afraid of spirits? Crystal clear voice. And when, my, when I heard that, that's when I got into paralysis. And my eyes were still open and I literally saw the figure. It was almost, almost like a squarish face and her tongue was sticking out, very snake-like. And she just seemed so angry. It had like some reddish, orange and green tones to it. Her hair almost looked like Medusa. It was very evil. But again, the longest 10 seconds of my life, like it, it, felt, it felt like she was visiting. Maybe she wanted to play a trick or she, it felt like she was sucking my soul. And at that time, um, my dad already had passed away. So again, I went into prayer and I closed my eyes and I told, told the spirit, it was like, well, my dad's in the spirit world and he will kick your ass. <laughs> so you can't harm me. <laughs> it's like, he's my guardian angel. See, I'm like already tearing up about it, which is kind of crazy. And yeah, I just kept um, meditating, kept praying, kept telling that person or that figure, that demon, definitely felt like it's a demon to like, leave me alone. So ever since that, that's kind of been my routine, which is like, well, I have someone in the spirit world who's going to be protecting me. And now that you're here, you better, you messed with the wrong, the wrong girl. Um, talking about my dad, um, you know, um, my mom was very depressed at the time. And I guess I remember my mom saying, like, if there's any signs, please let us know. I just want to know if you're ever ever if you ever have if you're ever nearby please give us a sign and like some signs i would see would be like smelling grapefruit out of nowhere and he loved grapefruit i'm like that's so sour how could you like grapefruit so and you know we never had grapefruit in the house but to smell grapefruit it was like oh shit he's he's here <laughs> you know things like that and um where i live right now we have a grapefruit tree in the back that's like Pretty coincidental, you know, like I didn't know that that was a grapefruit tree when we, we moved to, um, to this new place uh, two years ago. But yeah, something, things like that. And I think that allowed me to be open, to be almost accepting. Like, yeah, there are these spirits out there. But again, my, my natural reaction was to pray as like a, like a defense, like a, as like my superpower. You know, this prayer. Meriden's story is a wonderful example of using what you know and relying on your guides. We all have allies in the spirit realm that we can call upon, not just when we're being faced with a taunting demon, but throughout our everyday lives. So these experiences definitely impacted me in a way where I'm more curious, more open to the types of energies and spirits that are out there um, it made me a believer <laughs> so when I hear stories I get so intrigued like it sounds scary but at the same time I'm just like oh yeah yeah tell me more <laughs> like, you know whereas some people would be like oh stop don't go there I don't like it you know 
And then until it happens to you, you're like, oh, okay, now I know what they're talking about. <laughs> the stories continue after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, the stories continue. Chapter 2. Courted by the Encanto Prince. I don't know if my story is quite, you know, understanding enough because English is not my first language. My name is Kristen, but a lot of people know me by the name Curry. Curry is a flatter for Cuento Comics, one who lays down the initial color after the line work is completed. So I came from a small city in the Philippines. And there's like a lot of things that happened to me when I was like, when I go back to my hometown, because it's really, really creepy there. The story Curry will be sharing today is something that happened to a distant relative of hers. Uh, I'm just going to call her my cousin, but even though she's not my cousin, she's like a distant relative of mine. It happened a really long time ago. I was a kid and... I know we're not supposed to talk about this, but here I am talking because I'm I'm far away from that place. I'm I'm like an island away <laughs> from that place. So I think it's safe now to talk about it. When her cousin was around 19 to 20 years of age, she went to a river in a forest. Uh, as far as I remember, she was like trying to wash her clothes with the river because it's fresh water over there. So it's fresh water spring so she's like uh she was just doing her chores near a river um you know there's an entity in the philippines called an encanto it's like fairy there's like a fairy world in a filipino culture and we call it encanto these are not the fairies you see in american movies where they're small and friendly and no they are not related to the disney movie These fairies look almost like humans, although they usually have slightly ethereal features. They like to interact with humans and sometimes become infatuated with them. Then some kind of like an Encanto saw her and fell in love with her at first sight. That Encanto tried, really tried hard getting that girl that he liked. So what happened, he kind of like got got into her and Kind of like what you call that. This Encanto liked Curry's cousin so much that he possessed her body. So he kind of like went inside to her and then he was like starting to talk to some of her parents as well as our other cousins asking to marry her and then make her the queen in their realm because he was the prince. I know it's kind of like sounds unrealistic, but it is true. And we also had this quack doctor called an albulario step in so that she can exercise him out from her. So uh, it was a little bit scary. And what I remember happening was 
a lot of people were holding her down because she was like 10 times stronger than what she was because she's a girl and what her strength was like like more than 10 people were holding her back on her bed because she was like forcing her way out from their grip and her voice actually changed into a deeper tone and then it was so scary because there was like different voices coming in and out of her like the albularium was telling that there were like a lot of spirits coming in and out of her because the prince fey the encanto was like trying to convince everyone and he was like bringing along his relatives to talk in behalf of him to like let us set her free and he was like bargaining everyone like oh i'm gonna give you gold if you just give her to us because i really really like her i'm gonna make her queen i'm gonna take care of her and she was like by taking of her she's gonna die you know because it's her spirit that you were like trying to take away and everyone everyone doesn't like that like all of our family doesn't want her to be taken you know so the albulario was like trying to like do this um this incantation where she exercises, she expels all the spirits out of her body. And then what happened was me and my cousins were like standing in the corner of the room watching everything unfold. The albulario lit some incense and filled the room with smoke. She turned to Curry and her cousins and began shouting, Get away! Get away! Get away! So like she was like so personally trying to get us away. So we kind of like went out of her way and she was like get away on that same place at the corner of the room and then we realized that oh it wasn't us that she was trying to get away it was like this period the albulario continued with the exorcism and the encanto while still inside curry's cousin started making threats the encanto warned that if the albulario successfully removed him he would then possess the person in the room who was wearing red everyone looked around and Curry realized. I was wearing red. I'm like wearing a red sundo. I was like, oh damn, it's me. I'm going to be next. Oh no, no, it ain't happening. So I ran over to my house, changed my clothes, and then put garlic all over me because <laughs> that's like what the albulario told me to, to do. So it's like bathing myself with a lot of garlic, uh, rubbing it on my face, on my hands, everywhere in between so that I won't be the next victim of his... And then when I went back, everything was like so calm. The albulario did cast away those those entities out of her, out of the house. And what she told us was, you never, never tell this to any people because it will come back right at you. Yeah, but then I don't think it, it won't. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm still a believer, but I'm far from that place right now. So I don't think they'll ever hear what I'm saying, the stories I'm saying right now. So I don't think they'll ever come back, <laughs> come running after me. So yeah. And, the, and then now my cousin is like living a good life. She's married right now. She has a kid. So whenever I ask my cousins of that story, if it happened or not, they're like, yeah, it happened. It happened. It's like, oh, so it's real. It's not my dream. (laughs) Many cultures discourage discussing certain entities because it calls attention to them and might draw them to you. For Curry's sake, let's hope that being physically far from the place where this happened is enough to keep her safe. And for our sake, let's hope we're not calling upon the prince right now.
Chapter 3. Help me. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So, uh, hi, Sapphire. I'm I'm Cecilia Lim. And uh, thank you for having us on the podcast. We're very, very excited to, to share our ghost stories. Cecilia is the CEO and creator of Quento Comics. I actually have a ghost story light. And I think it's because uh, I'm really, really afraid of ghosts. <laughs> I, I grew up very devout Catholic. And I, I'm still very Catholic, but I do a lot of praying to my mom who's passed away, my mother-in-law. And I'm like, please just keep the evil spirits away. <laughs> and I think they must be listening to me because for the most part that that has happened. But I, I do have a, a a story that happened years ago when um, I grew up in, in Illinois and we moved down to Florida probably about 24, 25 years ago. And when you move to Florida, you, you want to check out the new state. So every once in a while, we'd, we'd take the kids. My husband and I would take the kids, my mother-in-law, my dad. We'd all go uh, to different parts of Florida and visit. And I remember one particular time we went to St. Augustine. And St. Augustine, Florida is probably the, well, it is the oldest city in Florida. And it's probably the oldest city in the U.S. I'm not quite sure, but it is very old. Um, it was started, I think, in 1565, if I remember my history. But it's very old. Lots of lot of lot of battles happened there, and um, the whole town, I think, is is relatively haunted. But we were visiting one weekend in St. Augustine. Uh, on Saturday, we went to the, uh, the fort there. I think it's called St. Marcos. And then the next day we went to uh, the Cathedral Basilica of St. Augustine. It's a very large, beautiful, beautiful church. And I believe the history of this particular church is, is it was built and then it burnt down and was built, rebuilt, burnt down several times during the 15 to 1600s. But I think in the, in the, uh, the 1800s, it was rebuilt to its former self. So we went to mass, you know, just a, a normal everyday Sunday mass. I was with you know, the family. And because it was such a beautiful church, um, I wanted to take pictures. So at the time, before there were digital cameras, before we even had cameras on our phone, I had an old 35 millimeter camera. And I don't know if you can see this. Uh, I know uh, the audience can't see it, but uh, there's a tiny little one by two screen on it, you know, to, because it's an old camera. And you have to actually like manually, like you have the, like the, the film in it, the little film cartridge back in the day. And the little screen tells you, you know, what number of, of shot you have, you know, 25 out of 36, whatever it is. Um, so I'm taking lots of pictures and all of a sudden my camera stopped. So I look down at the little window that's on my camera and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder, oh, I must be out of film. And when I looked down in big all caps letters, it said, help me. Okay, there's no way that would was programmed into this very, very old camera. There's absolutely no way that was a something like a menu item because this is an old camera. And it said very clearly, help me. 
so I, in fact, I'm getting chills telling the story because I'm, I remember distinctly in the middle of church, in the, the main aisle of the church, looking down going, how do I help you? I, I, I'm like talking to this, this ghost or whoever is trying, needing help. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't know how to help you. And I showed it to my husband and he's like, that is the strangest thing I've ever seen because that should not be there. And I did, and I remember distinctly not showing the kids because I didn't want them to be freaked out. And I'm, you know, shaking the camera. I'm kind of looking around thinking, you know, is somebody playing a prank on me? But it, it was there for probably a good five to 10 minutes. And, and then after a while, it just disappeared and nothing else happened. But it was right there. Help me. It was the creepiest thing. Uh, my theory is, is because after that whole thing happened, I did go back into the, to, to look at the history of the church. And then St. Augustine has had a lot of crazy things go on in that it's a very historic city. And I, I don't know if it could have been a soldier who had died, ancient indigenous Indians who may have been there before the Spanish came. Because the Spanish came, and then there were several battles with, with I think uh, the British came in and and uh, took over the city for a little bit. Then the Spanish came again. I mean, there's there's been a lot of death and destruction in Saint Augustine. So to me, it wasn't like uh, like Meredith's story where she felt like a coldness. I was just more of in shock because I was seeing this. So. I don't think it was necessarily an evil spirit, but I, I personally think it was somebody like a, an old colonist or somebody that passed away in that location and was just trying to break free and just trying to, trying to escape and maybe move on. Somehow there, that entity, that ghost was, or the spirit was stuck there. It was really strange that that spirit used the camera to try and reach out to me. There is sometimes debate as to whether or not spirits can use technology to communicate, but I don't see why they couldn't. If we believe that they can manipulate physical objects, why couldn't they rearrange the light in the camera screen to spell out, help me? Who are we to say what's possible among the impossible? Being Catholic, you know, they always say, ghosts aren't real or uh, things like that. But no, I, I, I think there's definitely a spirit realm. Ghosts are definitely real. I definitely feel that once you start opening the door to these types of things, then the spirits will, will see that there's, you know, some reception going on and, 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 and be around. I kind of keep that door closed as much as possible, even though I am a comic book creator now. And um, I do tell stories about this, uh, but personally, I try to because I do think they're real and I feel like I, I have to be guarded all the time because I don't want to open those doors. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> I believe the best fiction is inspired by something real, something passed down generation through generation. 
And what's more real than the supernatural beliefs of the Philippines? These stories have survived centuries of colonization and genocide. Our distant ancestors were talking about the same shadow figures at Encanto that we talk about today. That is why I feel such a strong connection with my kababayan when sharing paranormal experiences. These stories are literally the DNA that unites us. Like, I feel bad, Sapphire. Like my, like my mom said, she's very close. I'm even more so. Like, I think they know. They're like, this girl is, is too sensitive. And now, here's more about Cuento Comics from co-founder Waverly. Hi, I'm Waverly. Um, I'm the producer for The Mask of Halea. Uh, my mother and I, who just uh, told one of her ghost stories in St. Augustine, uh, we co-founded Quento Comics really to bring diversity and representation of, you know, Filipino Americans and Filipinos, you know, to the forefront uh, through the medium of comic books. So our very first series is called The Mask of Halea. It's a dark, urban, contemporary fantasy series set in present-day Cebu. It follows the story of a young Filipina-American teen named Marisol Reyes, who goes back to the Philippines after the death of her great-grandmother. And there, she finds a mysterious mask imbued with incredible powers that puts her at an epicenter of a war between Philippine shaman and gods. So hopefully that gives you a little taste into what our series is about. But it's uh, based on the uh, Bicolano moon goddess Halia and her arch uh, enemy, the Bakunawa, which in, in the Philippines is the giant uh, sea serpent. Issue two is already out. You can find issue one and two on our website at www.quentocomics.com. Issue three will be out by the end of this year. Thank you for joining me today. This will be the last podcast episode of 2022. The show will return in January. In the meantime, if you'd like to submit a story, send me an email at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash storieswithsapphire to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe to youtube.com slash sapphiresandalo where I post an animated spooky story every other week. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sandalo. Special thanks to Meriden, Curry, Cecilia, Waverly, and the Quento Comics team. For more information on this episode, visit storieswithsapphire.com.